Hey guys, Clyde here, and welcome back to Scanline Vibes. Needless to say, I have not finished playing Legend of Gaia yet. I've just cleared a, a crazy temple and there was this plant monster at the top, and yeah, it took several hours of grinding, so I'm still making my way through the game, but an episode is in the works. But rather, today I'm actually sitting down to talk with Taylor about his experiences finishing up Final Fantasy Tactics. It's pretty cool getting to sit down with somebody who's just recently played the game for the first time and getting to see kind of a new perspective on a game that I really love. So yeah, we'll be diving into the characters, the story, and of course the music from this wonderful PlayStation 1 classic. This is another look at Final Fantasy Tactics, here on Scanline Vibes. Hey, Mr. Taylor, welcome back to Scanline Vibes. Pleasure to be here as always. How are you doing this fine Sunday afternoon? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. Getting ready for some D&D later in the evening and getting pretty hyped, getting ready to hit level five. So yeah, pretty pretty excited. Oh yeah, it's going to be a it's gonna be a fun and interesting time, that's for sure. But today isn't about Dungeons and Dragons. This is about Final Fantasy Tactics. That it very much is. I know you played it for the first time just last week and the week before, and you've had a You've had a couple weeks to really sink your teeth into the story and the characters, and why don't you just start out by giving me your general impressions? I'm really excited to hear what you thought of this game. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, I've been playing it the last couple of weeks and actually just finished it last night or yesterday afternoon. I gotta say, it's a really, really fun game. Uh, there is a lot to love there. It is, it's a really rich game. Um, there's a lot going on with the story. It's telling, it's got multiple different layers to it. You follow different character arcs and character paths. The ending is actually well designed. I, I really liked the way that it that it closed out the story and wrapped up all the loose story threads. I know you haven't listened to the episode I recorded with Rich about Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked him, which is, okay. would you call Final Fantasy Tactics a happy game? A happy game? Um, Honestly, no. Um, there's honestly a lot of just sad moments in that game and even when it's not sad it's usually urgent like you have to get this place to save this person or someone's life is in danger or anything like that i mean there are definitely a few happy moments but i would not on the whole call it a happy game so what what words would you use to describe final fantasy tactics well i would say words i would use to describe the game fun i mean is definitely an obvious one uh, i really did enjoy myself playing that game overall um Diverse, I guess, is a good word. And by that, I just mean there's a lot of diversity in ways you can customize all your different characters, how you want to set up your party, whether you want people to hop on chocobos or not hop on chocobos, if you want, you know, primarily casters or primarily fighters or some sort of weird mix. Um, there's a lot of different classes, there's a lot of different weapons and armor to, to choose from. Um, and unlike some games, it's not always clear cut what the quote-unquote best armor or equipment or abilities are in the game a lot of it can be warped around your own playstyle and how you want to play so the best equipment for one person might not be the best equipment for another person and i mean person playing the game not even person in the game yeah i think uh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be brutally honest with you taylor uh, mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell you something you probably don't want to hear okay uh, i think i gave you the gentlest version someone could possibly ever get of final fantasy tactics and what i mean by that is is that when you started the game mm -hmm. right when you began playing the game 
you had a thousand questions about the, the core systems of the game. What does this brave mean? What does faith mean? What does this mean? What does CT? What is all this stuff? And you had me there to kind of explain what those values meant and what they did and how they performed. Back in the day, I didn't, I mean, a lot of people that played this game originally didn't have a human guide to, uh, to sit there and explain stuff for them. And yeah. I think that probably helped curve your initial um, complexity factor. I, I know that for me, when I first played the game as a kid, it was a super, super intimidating, uh, almost math game. It almost felt like there yeah. was a lot of numbers going on, a lot of values going on. And Definitely. That was my goal. It is trying to get trying to get you to play the game, but also trying to help you play the game in such a way that you kind of understood what the core values did uh, right from the get-go. So you, you weren't confused going into it. Do you think I accomplished that mission? I think so. Actually, it makes me laugh a little bit because uh, you made me on air during either the last episode of the one before that promise that I would not use uh, or look up a, a guide for Final Fantasy Tactics, and I didn't, but uh, I guess I technically did in the sense that I just had you as my living, breathing guide right next to me. That's right. I am a walking Final Fantasy Tactics machine. No, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not that great <laughs> at the game, but I just, I, it's one of my favorite games. I really, really yeah. enjoyed the game. And, and I can see why. I think one of the biggest barriers of entry to Final Fantasy Tactics is is all the numbers involved. Mm. I, th- I think that's yeah. it is such a complex game that it's not really super approachable to people that yeah. that are um, that are not expecting that. They get into it and they go, "Whoa, this game is a lot more expe- a lot more complex than I actually expected," and that throws people off. I know it threw me off as a child, but that Final Fantasy logo and that brand name just kind of kept me playing and. And I, tr- I trusted that the people behind the game had a great story, and yeah. I think it really delivered. I think it really kind of fulfilled that promise. Definitely. I would I would completely agree with that. It has a very ambitious story to tell, and I think it succeeds in telling it. I remember at one point while you were, you were playing, or maybe even after you were talking about the game, and yeah. you felt like there were so many names. You felt like there were so many named characters that yeah. kind of threw, threw you for a loop. Is that right? That's true. And... Uh, uh, that, that's kind of a, a sub-thought to one of the main criticisms I do have of a game, which there's only a handful, um, but one of the main ones I do have is that it's not really localized particularly well to the U.S., um, and I'll caveat that by saying that I did play the original PlayStation 1 version. I did not play the PSP uh, re-release that came out many years later, where I imagine it's probably the localization is different. But uh, in the original one, there's lots and lots and lots of localization errors and translation errors and typo errors. And part of that comes through in names, which is that characters are referred to by different names at different times. For example, uh, I mean, TG Sid is also Orlando, um, but also has a son named Olin, but who's not actually his son. And also, Olin is sometimes referred to as Orlin, and also he's sometimes referred to by his last name, Darai, and it's it's it, it was hard to keep track of, and that's only just a few examples of that, but people are referred to by different names at different times, and the game also doesn't do the best job of reintroducing characters if they've been gone for a little while. Like, there's a character you'll meet once, and then never see him again for hours and hours and hours of gameplay, and then he'll come back, and the game just expects you to remember who it is. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that, because that's actually... That's pretty much how I felt about Game of Thrones. Uh, I know you're a huge Game of Thrones fan yourself. Uh, I actually, I mean, you know this about me. I didn't watch it when the show hit critical mass here in the West. Uh, I I was very, very late to the party. And I think when did I, when did I, I think I started watching it when season four was airing or when season 
three was ending. I mean, I, I watched it pretty late into its cycle, maybe even season five or something. I mean, it's, I watched it way, way after the ship had sailed. And I know that for me personally, when I started watching Game of Thrones, I was initially really thrown off by all the character names. I felt like there was a lot of characters running around and I couldn't easily identify who was a Stark and who was a Lannister and what their name was and what their role was and what their job was and who their allegiances were. I also felt like that was a piece of media that was so intense right off the bat and there were so many connections right off the bat. I was really, really confused just immediately. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, And honestly, at the beginning of Game of Thrones, I felt the same way. Um, The main difference, at least for me personally, was by the end of Game of Thrones, or at least by where we currently are in the story of Game of Thrones, I feel like I mostly have have a grasp on who everybody is, who all the characters are, what all their connections are to each other. But by the end of Tactics, while I understood quite a lot of it, there were still a few connections and and characters that I wasn't really sure who they were or exactly how they related to each other um, or, or or the the actual interconnections of, of you know, who, who was who, basically. Yeah, I think that's just a luxury of Tactics being a 20-hour game and Game yeah. of Thrones being, I don't know how many, 150 hours at this point, something like that? Uh, I mean, something like that. I mean, seven seasons, 10 episodes a season, so uh, 70 hours. Yeah, 70 hours minimum. I mean, it's it's a lot of content. And yeah. uh, I can definitely see how Tactics would be uh, confusing in this regard. But I don't know. For me, that wasn't a very huge stickler because the, the story's not about Goltana or the story's not about, like, Draclau. The story's about Ramza and Delita. And I think for the most part, I feel like their stories and their arcs are pretty well fleshed out. So I don't really mind all the subplot characters. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think on it, and again, I do think most of the problem I had following it did have to do with some of the localization effort. I feel like if a lot, a little more effort had been put into the localization, it would have been easier to follow because there would have been a little more consistency over a character being referred to by this name and that is their name. Um, But I mean, it didn't completely ruin my experience by any means. I absolutely love this game. Nice. So what are your favorite parts of the game? From a gameplay standpoint... I definitely liked a lot of the different classes. Uh, in particular, uh, you saw how much fun I had with a summoner uh, class. That class just has so much raw power behind it, as well as a good amount of defense as well for some of the summons they can do. And uh, I, I definitely had a blast playing around with summoner and just annihilating everything. Um, from a story standpoint... I definitely, I think there were a lot of moments that I really liked. Most of the ones that that centered around characters' moments of helplessness. Like, there were definitely multiple moments where just characters were just completely without hope or ability to, to move on. Like, they were they had their, their, their goal, their thing they had to complete, and they were about to fail, and they couldn't do it. Um, and so they turned to certain things in their in their desperation. Um, I liked a lot of those moments. I felt like they were very powerful and well-written. Well, uh, I this is going to destroy... This is going to deflate you a little bit, I think. Um, I have a, a dirty little secret to tell you about the summoner class. Okay. In the version of the game you played, uh, in the Western version of Final Fantasy Tactics, in the version we got in North America, that class was considerably buffed. Um, mm. In the original version's release, it wasn't even remotely as powerful as it was. So you you played the most you basically identified the most OP character in the game very early 
and you uh, you used it quite skillfully all the way to the end, just completely Ramu booming every opponent you possibly could throughout the game. So well done, sir. That's the gamer instincts in you. <laughs> well, I definitely got a little bit of help from you uh, in in applying the quick cast on on the summoner because. Without quick cast, I feel like the summoner is significantly uh, less powerful because they're basically dead before they can get anything off. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really powerful skills in the game, and that's mm. kind of something that um, I think is really interesting to talk to people about because if you go on the Final Fantasy Tactics subreddit, you will find immediately that there are hundreds of crazy different builds for mm. characters in that game. There are infinite turn builds that involve... Um, God, what is it speed save that involve the archers like whenever you're critical you gain another speed there's a lot of crazy builds that allow characters to do game-breaking things in hmm. final fantasy tactics and it's kind of neat to see what people find uh powerful when they play through the game uh so what were some of your favorite skills in the game uh i definitely grew especially towards the end once i started putting it on everyone to really appreciate auto potion uh, because at a certain point, I just had way more gill than I knew what to do with, uh, more than I could really ever spend on things. So I just sold all of my low-level potions and bought nothing but X potions, the highest potion that was in the game, and set just about everyone in my party, or at least as many as I could, with auto potions that every time, almost every time they got hit, they just went back up 150, which a lot of times would just negate the attack they'd just taken. It was just like, oh, you hit me for 90 damage? That's nice, 150 healing. Yeah, Auto Potion is definitely one of the most powerful uh, reactionary abilities in the game. Uh, there's a couple that I think are actually really strong contenders for it. Mm. A speed save, the Archer, whenever you get hit to... I think it's either when you, whenever you take damage or whenever you're crit, it's a critical, you, uh, you you gain speed. That's a, that's a really powerful one. There's also a, a Monk reactionary ability. God, what's the name of it? It's like... I'm struggling to think of the, the name of it. Basically, whenever you're hit down to critical health... Mm. you instantly recover all your health. So, oh. yeah, so if if an M if an NPC tries to kill you, they have to basically take you from 50% down to zero or you're back up to 100%. Wow, I don't remember seeing that one on the monk. Uh, that is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's a very, very powerful skill. Uh, there's also, man, people would debate the best reactionary skills in the game. I think a lot of people would probably point to damage to MP is a very strong skill um, because the way damage to MP works in Final Fantasy Tactics is if you have even one MP in your mana pool and you take a hit for 300 damage, you don't take 300 HP damage. You take It all goes to your MP pool, which is just one, and then you're instantly fine. Your HP is fine. I did not know that was how that worked. So I definitely we, yeah. saw that ability, and I saw that, uh, that they damage measure the MP first, but I did not realize that it would... Like, it would, like it would, you'd have to get MP all the way down to zero before it would even touch the HP. I assume there was a rollover or something. No, there's definitely not. And and here's what's even more startling is that you could combine that skill with move MP up. So every turn you'd gain five MP back and they would hit you for 300 and you'd be back just totally fine. Um, that's a pretty common way to cheese the, the Y-Graph fight that you encountered later in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of really powerful strategies that make characters... Not invincible, but pretty dang close to invincible in Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, reminds me of one of my uh, one of my favorite reactionary abilities, which actually only got to be used once, but to very great effect in that Wygra fight. It was mm -hmm. the main way I defeated that Wygra fight, which was to put the samurai reactionary ability Meat Bone Slash, which basically states that if you're hit down to critical by a physical attack, you turn around and deal a counterattack that does whatever that character's maximum HP is as damage. So basically, 
Wygriff walked up to Ramza and hit him down to down to critical, but didn't quite kill him. And Ramza turned around and went, okay, that's nice, 300 damage, and defeated Wygriff right there. Nice, nice. There are, I talked to Richard about this in the other Final Fantasy Tactics episode, but there are mm. a lot of different ways to try and tackle that encounter, yeah. because it's a very, very difficult encounter. Um, I definitely found that. Yeah, and there's there's different strategies for sure, but uh, one common one is uh, is using skills like yell or accelerate to help Ramza get speed and attack power. There's also people that'll build him in a monk class because monks are also really really strong. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of different ways. I, th- I think I've done it with a ninja. I think yeah, I think there's just a variety of ways you can tackle that encounter. But it is, would you say it's the hardest encounter in the game? Is that is that what, where you'd probably go with that? I would. Only when combined with the fight immediately after it, like when you take those two together, which you kind of have to because there's not even an opportunity to really save between them. Um, like those two fights together are are definitely the most difficult. I will give a honorable second place to the fight with Elmdor um, towards the end of the game. The only reason that I would give that one, it's, it's sort of place of of honor of of one of the most difficult fights in the game is if you are doing what you should be doing which is trying to steal all of elmdor's equipment because he has some of the most unique and the most godly equipment in the game on him yep um and if you want to steal it it really takes a lot of effort now if you're not trying to steal that equipment i feel like that fight becomes significantly easier but if you're trying to steal it it's one of the most difficult things to do in the game so i've got to ask you uh, and this is probably an obvious question but what is your favorite generic recruit class in the game summoner absolutely just loved the uh, just the amount of of just damage output that the summoner can do as well as um the different types of things like the being able to throw up a golem which is just i'm just going to absorb all physical damage for a little bit from everyone guaranteed there's no missing it just helps all of my allies instantly or i'm going to put reflect on every single one of my allies just for for a second here or um fairy does just a ridiculous amount of healing not to every single ally but it's got a pretty wide area of effect um i mean on top of the fact that in the entire game which i played quite a few hours i want to say my final play time was like 30 hours and that was just because i did a lot of side questing and level grinding and stuff as i want to do in jrpgs only one single time did i ever hit the damage cap for a single attack and that was against the final boss and it was with a summoner who is your favorite unique character that you acquired on your team in the game was it orlando or was it somebody else well in terms of of utility and how useful they are and how powerful they are i mean it's got to be orlando from from everything that i used at least i mean there were other characters i got that i looked at that i could see maybe they were powerful i just didn't use but i mean orlando is definitely the most powerful that i utilized but in terms of favorite, as far as you know, personality and and um, and like the actual character themselves, I think I probably would actually have. I'm going to surprise you. I think I would probably have to say Mustadio. Oh wow, Mustadio. Yeah, and I think that, like I said, I think that surprises you because I know you loved Mustadio a lot. And I thought you hated Mustadio. You said initially you didn't like him. Uh, well, what I really hated was his recruit mission, the mission where you first meet him and try to recruit him because it is. A rather terribly unbalanced encounter, in my in my opinion, at least. Um, but ultimately, I ended up really liking the character. There's a lot you can do with it, and he has a really unique skill set that, at least in the PS1 version, nobody else in the game gets. Hmm. Was there any uh, Was there any opponents that you found particularly interesting, or their backstories particularly interesting? Honestly, I liked Wygriff's story. 
um, and his backstory and where what led him up to where he ended up. It's horribly tragic, but it's uh, it's definitely interesting, and there's a lot there. It's very it's very deep. Yeah, I think I think Wygraf, uh, I, I or I've, I've called him Wygraf. Uh, I think regardless, I think that character is so well developed and so interesting. Um, and you see him multiple times throughout the game, so he's definitely a contender, I think, for most people. Uh, one of the characters that I actually that I actually really enjoyed, or one of the villains I really liked hating, uh, was actually Algus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely would agree with you there. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, you sparked very vivid memories in my mind. Algus, I tend to forget because he's only there for the beginning of the game, but. You end up really, really hating him, like a lot. I despised Algus. Yeah, yeah, and Algus is a is one of those characters that, um, I think Algus is living proof that it doesn't take ten hours to develop a great villain. I mean, he he can be a great villain in just four or five scenes. You know, you rescue him, and very quickly he's ungrateful, and very quickly he's demanding, and then even more quickly he becomes very cold and ruthless and he, he looks down on people he looks down on the commoners like delita and i just love how um how sneering and how evil he is he's, he's very much like draco malfoy i mean it's like you mm. you see him and very quickly you identify this guy is not a good dude and his acts just escalate escalate and escalate until the point where you get to fort zikden and he kills teta and i as i told richard that is Man, that might be that moment might be the most powerful moment in the game for me. I mean, that might be the most emotionally charged sequence in Final Fantasy Tactics for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a it is a very dark and and definitely very powerful moment. Um and it really cements your your hatred for Algus. Like you've definitely disliked him or maybe built up even a little bit of hate for him at this point. Um certainly when he starts calling commoners animals, like quite literally calling them animals. It really cements it in your mind that he is an evil dude. But it, it's a really interesting arc, I think, for Algus too, because when you first rescue him, he's ungrateful, but at least to me, he came across more just kind of like a weird oddball, like a goofy weirdo, because he had this like he seemed to have this weird obsession with Count Elmdor, who I guess he was sir he was in service to Count Elmdor at that point in the game. And he just has this weird, like, obsession with finding him and, and saving him and, and making sure, like, we have to go right now to go save him. It's it's super important. Like, he just has this like, weird obsession level with it. And it just made him seem kind of odd, like, kind of odd and goofy. Uh, but then he quickly becomes way worse than that. I think, I think Algus, to me, represents characters that are hungry for power and they're hungry to make a name for themselves. Mm. And I think that's what, that's what drives him early in the game. Um, this is going to be a kind of a left turn for you because you probably don't know this. Um, Algus is actually not killed at Fort Zeekden in the PSP version of the game. Hmm. He actually comes back in a later encounter. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, he might actually be killed in Fort Zeekden, uh, but he comes back as kind of an undead, uh, like Dark Knight kind of encounter in the PSP version. I could definitely see that. I mean, there's moments like that even in the PS1 version with other characters, so... It uh, wouldn't surprise me at all that they would utilize Algus in that way in the remake. It just it feel it's very it's very much later. It's way later in the game. It's like mm. in chapter four. So it's like you haven't seen him for like twenty five hours of gameplay or twenty hours of gameplay. So it's very very random when he does appear. At least for me, it was very random when he just kind of pops up again in the PSP version of the game, and you're like, hey, it's this dude I killed like 
a decade ago. <laughs> I mean, Rom. By this point, Rom's has aged a lot. I mean, he's Algus is killed in the the flashback to Ramza becoming a mercenary. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine years and years and years have passed by the time chapter four rolls around and, you know, Ramza has been on this adventure to find the Zodiac Stones and he's, you know, uncovered the church's plot and all this stuff. And it's like, Algus pops up again and it's like, bro, like, I moved on. Like, it's been a decade. That's that's how I felt, at least. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. It ultimately boils down to how it's written. I mean, moments like that, can be really powerful even if it has been a long time that a villain has been gone their sudden return unexpectedly can be a really powerful and intense moment if it's written well if it's just kind of a random like haha here i am then it's not really that great well before i get into my next question for you uh, mm. i kind of want to play some music from the game um, because i kind of want to set the mood for that for the next question so uh, go ahead and slap on those headphones and let's go ahead and listen to some music from final fantasy tactics all right let's do it this one's called Decisive Battle. For some reason, I think I associate this with one of the battles that takes place on like a really stormy night. I think you know, this, this song happens during several fights throughout the game, but... For some reason, I'm imagining like Ramza and, and the enemy standing on top of a castle wall in, in a stormy night, battling for their survival. Yeah, I just I love how dramatic this song feels. Uh, it's got it's got this really foreboding mood to it, and it just. God, I just I love this track. Absolutely. It has that really dramatic build there. Something really um I don't know just tender about this song to me it's a song that i definitely associate with characters like ovelia or alma whose theme is this if you, if you had asked me i don't know that i would been able to tell you whose theme this is I mean, I definitely can't say for certain, but if I'm going to take a mildly educated guess, I'm going to say Deletus. This is Deletus' theme. You got it. I don't know. There's something about the, like, it's, there's like a reserved sadness to it that just seems to fit with Delita and his character. One of the really interesting things about this game is that Delita, while he's not the main character by any means, he definitely is a main character, but it just seems like the game doesn't want you to feel anything for him but pity, really. Like, this is a character the game wants you to pity. Yeah, I, I definitely feel pity for him at the end, 
But uh, throughout the whole game, I kind of, I was out of, honestly, I felt more curiosity than anything else. I, I was mm. like, what are you up to, man? What is this guy up to? And what is he scheming? And he's killing and backstabbing everybody. What is this guy's endgame? Like, that was my my general thought process throughout the story. Oh, definitely, yeah. Throughout the game, it's it's lots of confusion. You're not really meant to know what his end his end goal is. But by the end of the game, I mean, you really can't feel anything but pity for him, at least in my opinion. Well, that leads me to uh, the next series of questions. And these are all going to be kind of inspired by uh, greater Final Fantasy. Okay. So this this game has the Final Fantasy logo and brand on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably how it found its way into the hands of a lot of young gamers. Mm. Uh, they saw the Final Fantasy logo. They saw the Square logo. They thought, okay, this is a this is a seal of quality. And, you know, they picked it up and they rented it or they played it and, and they had a good time with it. Uh, one thing that I would say, though, is that the game does a pretty good job of blending uh, or bringing in a lot of Final Fantasy elements into the world of Ivalice, into the greater world of Ivalice. And I wanted to ask you, are there any Final Fantasy characters that you expected to see in this game that didn't make an appearance? To be perfectly honest, no, no characters. I mean, I expected this to be its own story i know you told me that it takes place in the same world as final fantasy 12 but i've never actually played final fantasy 12 so i didn't really have any expectations of characters from it uh appearing in here because i don't know the characters from it what if i what if i turn the question a little bit and i changed it to monsters are there any monsters from final fantasy that you would expect to have been in this game the um the malboro i think is what it's called it's like the giant tentacle teeth head thing it's a main staple i think it's called the marlboro i think it's marlboro isn't it no that's the cigarette company marlboro it's a cigarette company i thought that the monster was also called marlboro maybe it is but i thought there was a slight difference in the name i didn't think it was like one-to-one the same name might be i mean but he's got a lot of hands to smoke with but definitely i would have expected to see that in tactics because it's it's actually he's he's in tactics that creature is in tactics for sure okay is he in that that secret endgame dungeon you he's actually about? in some random encounters on the map you just you didn't happen to hit the right random encounters and mm. at the point where you at where you were at you, you you watching you play you grinded a lot of your characters early in the game mm. and you didn't do a lot of grinding late game mm. so you didn't see a lot of dragons and other creatures running around because most of the things you fought early were goblins or skeleton dudes or you know bombs you, you yeah. didn't fight a lot of the late game monsters so that is definitely a monster that uh is is in final fantasy tactics uh it's not as menacing as it normally is in final fantasy games uh mm. but it's definitely there okay yeah and i felt like that does remind me about the the bombs is that there there were i only ran into a lot of bombs throughout the game yeah um i actually was almost i don't know disappointed is too strong of a word but it was just a little bit of a bummer that bombs didn't behave in tactics the way they behave in every other Final Fantasy game where they can get bigger and bigger and bigger and then eventually explode if you don't kill them fast enough. They don't get bigger and bigger, but they do explode in tactics. Um, if they're down in critical health, they will run up to the center of your party and just big boom. And I've had I've wiped because of bombs before in tactics for sure. Huh. I guess I just never ran into that. They also apply the oil status effect. So the next hit from bombs will do twice the damage or even crazier damage. So... Yeah, Jeez. it's it's a uh, it's definitely a uh, thing that you just by you playing the game your way you didn't seem to encounter. I mean, you were summoning <laughs> Ramu in your fourth <laughs> battle, so I mean, you were one hitting those monsters into the shadow realm. So that's true. I, I did do that. Any other Final Fantasy monsters that you would have expected to see? There's one specific one I'm looking for that you haven't given me yet. One of the most iconic monsters from Final Fantasy. 
Oh, um, are you think? I mean, I know one that just occurred to me. I don't know what you're thinking of, but Cactar. Oh, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. I don't know if Cactar is in Final Fantasy Tactics. That's a great question. Yeah, the other one that came to mind was Moogle, but Moogles aren't in the game as creatures, but it is one of the summons. Right, and Moogles are in Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Uh, mm. They are a huge, huge part of the story. One of the main characters, Mont Blanc, is a, uh, or is it Mont Blanc? I don't know how you pronounce it. I have no idea. But uh, he's a main party member in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Um, yeah, Moogles are definitely a, a monster I would expect to see. There was one more that I was looking for that I was curious to see if you'd name, and you didn't name it. You failed the quiz. You <laughs> do not get today's prize. I am sorry, Taylor. Oh, well, I'm I'm very sad. But please, I'm, I've got to know. What, what are you thinking of? Tonberries. Where are the Tonberries? Oh, yeah. The Don Tonberries. Schnozberries. <laughs> I, where, where are the Tonberries? I expect to see Tonberries. And I, I don't know. There might be Tonberries in Final Fantasy Tactics. Hmm. I mean, there's so much diversity of creatures on, on maps that, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to see everything that the game has. So it's possible they're in Tactics or, or in the PSP remake um, or the re-release. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing Tonberries. Yeah. For some reason, Tonberries always the... Final Fantasy creature I forget about until I see it, and again I go, "Oh yeah, Tonberries." Shame. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, you did make me realize though that uh, that cactars also don't appear to be in the game, as far as I can tell, even though that's another major Final Fantasy staple. Well, kind of kind of starting to wind things down just a little bit. Mm. Um, I want to respect your time. I know you've got like four hours of D and D prep to do today. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you: This was your first game set in the world of Ivalice, uh and in terms of a Final Fantasy game you've played. You've not played Final Fantasy XII. Mm. You've not played Vagrant Story. Mm. You've not played any of these other games that are tied to the world of Ivalice. Um, what is your first impressions of the world of Ivalice? And as a follow-up question, does this game intrigue you enough to want to play one of those other games? Um, I might be giving an answer that you're not expecting or not wanting, but uh, I don't know that the world of Ivalice stands out to me more than any other Final Fantasy world. Which is not to say that I'm knocking Ivalice or that it bored me or anything. I mean, it, I think it's just as interesting as every other Final Fantasy world. There wasn't really anything about Ivalice that stood out to me above and beyond other Final Fantasy worlds. Um, certainly some things in the story which kind of have to do with the world of Ivalice, particularly around their their religion and, and everything around its founding and creation and the way it ties into the story of tactics was very interesting and intriguing, but... Uh, I mean, it's not the only Final Fantasy game to to do things like that. Um, but, I mean, it definitely was interesting. Um, I definitely would think I'd want to eventually take up 12. I think eventually I want to try to take up all the mainline Final Fantasy games, at least all the, you know, good ones anyway. All right, lightning round, last question. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Does Final Fantasy Tactics deserve the name Final Fantasy? Absolutely it does. No question in my mind. It's uh, it is a fully realized Final Fantasy game. It's a different style of gameplay, of course, than most JRPGs and most Final Fantasy games. But I mean, it's still a JRPG at its core. It's got an amazing story, um, and it it's got you know classic Final Fantasy monsters, hundred percent. I am just I can't tell you how relieved I am that you enjoyed it more than Fire Emblem because I mean I know you're a huge Fire Emblem fan and getting you to enjoy it was just that was just the, the highlight of my life. I think I mean. Do you want to describe what my face looks like for the listeners? Uh, I don't know. Is pensive a good word? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, we'll go with pensive. Uh, I would not go so far as to say that I that I enjoy Final Fantasy Tactics more than I enjoy the Fire Emblem series. Um, well, you would be wrong, but I, am- I, I, I allow you to have that opinion. I mean, I allow you to have the I forgive and I forget. Uh, I'm going to give the, the, uh, the 
Same answer that a parent gives when asked who's their favorite child. I love them both differently. But we all know the real answer is Final Fantasy Tactics. I mean, if you want to keep telling yourself that, you can. I'm editing that out. (laughs) That's not fair. You don't get to always control the truth. You can't silence the truth. In this case, I just might. All right, Mr. Taylor, what are you playing next? Uh, Playing next is uh, another Clyde... I'm going to say recommendation in quotation marks because basically you forced me to, but I'm really enjoying what, you know, probably the hour I've played of it so far, which is Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX. Now, see, Taylor, I'm going to be real with you. You can come on this podcast and you can dish on Final Fantasy Tactics, but if you come back here next week and you dish on Final Fantasy IX, we are going to have, we're gonna, this is going to become a Fight Club podcast really quickly. <laughs> I don't know that the mics will pick that up very well. There's going to be a lot of, ugh, ugh effort noises don't you dare hate on my baby don't you dare hate on my baby well so far i don't think we're in any danger of that i've i've quite enjoyed final fantasy 9 so far it's only been an hour but i i have quite liked it it's very well written it's very humorous i too agree it is the greatest game ever not what i said but you will we'll see you will <laughs> you will all right, well, any, any parting words? Anything you want to wrap up on Final Fantasy Tactics? Anything, what, is, what is your last verdict or last claim on Final Fantasy Tactics? Give it to the listeners. You'll never have another chance in your life to talk about this game, so give it to them now. Final Fantasy Tactics is a game that I enjoyed immensely. It's not without its faults, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I would just die of happiness, to be perfectly honest with you, if they did uh, just one more re-release of it on a modern console with full localization efforts no weird old english speech and uh and just really really just cleaned up and perfected everything i would love that you see and i think it's already perfect so (laughs) you mean like the blaze gun that shoots ice and the glacier gun that shoots fire that's perfect don't you dare (laughs) hate on the blaze gun (laughs) Well, thank you for your time today, Mr. Taylor. I wish you all the best in Final Fantasy IX. Thank you to our listeners. And uh, yeah, I think I think we're going to go ahead and close it out. All right. Well, it was a pleasure to be here again. Thank you very much to our listeners. All right. Well, thanks so much, Taylor, for joining us. Have a great day. We'll catch you guys next time. And until then, keep on sharing the games you love with the people you like. See you guys later on Scanline Vibes. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>